Good evening and welcome to our Monday night shiur on Sefer Mishle. We are continuing with the third parak, parak Gimel Pasuk Hey. If you're following inside, thank you for joining us tonight. I want to begin by mentioning a name that you are probably not familiar with. The name I'm thinking about is Bernard Haller. Bernard Haller was a staff sergeant in the U.S. Marines, and he fought in World War II. Bernard Haller was a Jew. And on his tombstone, the following is written. I served in the U.S. Marine Corps in World War II as a staff sergeant. I managed to put on tefillin, every day, even during combat, in the Pacific, and refrained from eating meat the entire time. In big letters, it writes, The Almighty helped me survive. This is what is on the tombstone of Bernard Haller, a person that gave everything, put his full trust in God, during a very, very difficult time of world history, ensured to wear tefillin every day and as well refrain from eating meat. When halacha tells you you are allowed to eat non-kosher meat during times of war, you have no other choice. God will forgive you. But he did so. And he refrained from eating meat. He refrained from skipping a day of putting on tefillin. And this is what was written on his tombstone. And I think this is a perfect segue into our next pasuk in Mishlei, where Shlomo HaMelech tells us, Betach el Hashem bechol libecha, ve'el binatecha al tisha'en. Trust in Hashem with all your heart, and do not rely upon your own understanding. So Rashi, who we like to start with, explains this in terms of the study of Torah. Trusting in Hashem, spending um, uh, uh, spending time, money, in search to study Torah. Finding the right teacher to teach you. And don't depend on your own understanding. This trait was personified by Hilela Zaken who gave away half of his minimal daily earnings for the privilege just to enter the Bet HaMidrash, the study hall as brought down in Masechet Yoma. The Vilna Gaon says, What does it mean, Ve'el binatecha al tisha'en? Do not rely, your, your saying, do not rely on your understanding. He says, use it as al tisha'en lashon mish'aynet. Mishanet is a crutch, because a person will be tempted to rely on his intelligence as a supplement to trust in God. And therefore, the Pasuk is telling us, do not rely on the crutch, on your own bina, but rather put your full emunan bitachon in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if you do so, because if you do so, if you do the opposite, if a person has too much self-reliance, God forbid it will cause him to forfeit the Ezra, the, the assistance of Akadosh Baruch Hu, 
which he would normally receive. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to provide a person with non-stop assistance, but he wants us to be cognizant of the fact that Hashem is there helping us. And a person begins to rely on his own intelligence indicates that the assistance by God is unnecessary. Rabbeinu Bachya ben Pekuda, the author of the famous Chovot HaLevavot, lists 10 progressive levels of human trust, starting from when a person is an infant towards the end of his life. And he says level one is a newborn infant who trusts in his mother's breast to feed him or her. Because that's his sustenance. That's their lifeline. Without that, they can't survive. Level two, as he grows, he begins to uh, to sense reality. And therefore, he trusts his mom. And only his mom. Because she is the one that cares for him or her devotedly. After that, when he observes that his mother depends on his father for her own protection... Then he then transfers his trust to the father. At which point after that, when he's old enough to to earn his own livelihood, he transfers his trust to his own strength and skill. The fifth level is if his livelihood depends on other people, such as your boss, then he'll place his trust in him or her. Uh, As his bina, his understanding grows more and more, He recognizes that uh, humans are deficient in their um, understanding and they will rely a little bit more on Akadosh Baruch Hu, on the Creator. But first, he only transfers his his trust in Akadosh Baruch Hu in matters where he is helpless. When I don't know what else to do, I transfer my trust to Akadosh Baruch Hu. I, I need Parnasam, I don't know what else to do, I looked everywhere, I need a Shidduch, I need to have a, ch- I'm looking for a, a child, I, I don't know what else, so I transfer my trust to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A higher level, says Rabbeinu Bachia, is a more complete level in trust would entail reliance on God even in areas where he is not completely helpless, where he gives up um, exhausting uh, occupations and trust God will provide him in other forms, that is a higher level of trust. Eventually, level eight, he says, a person will trust God in all of his affairs, uh, difficult and easy, and direct all of his efforts to avodat, to his avodat Hashem and his observance of mitzvot. Now you would think that's the highest, but no, there's two more. He says when he realizes a higher realization of Rahmanut, of divine mercy, of Rahamim, then a person happily accepts God's will and desires only what a Kadosh Baruch Hu desires for him. Life or death, poverty or wealth, health or sickness makes no difference. And last but not least, when man's knowledge of God becomes stronger, so strong, he understands why he was created in the first place and realizes the the value there is to Olam Abba, to the next world. And his joy and love for God will cause him to turn away from all worldly pleasures. And that is the highest level of Bitachon, the one that we are mentioning in this Pasuk. Betach el Hashem becha ve'el binatcha al Don't rely on your own understanding. So Moa continues in Pasuk Vav. 
בכל דרכיך דעהו והוא יישר אורחותיך. In arguably one of the more famous פסוקים in all of Tanakh, this one right here. בכל דרכיך דעהו, in all your ways know him, and he will smooth your paths. והוא יישר אורחותיך. Bar Kapara in Masechet Brachot says that this pasuk actually encapsulates all the main ideas in the Torah. The entire Torah is really a guide to the application of God's will to life and human behavior. That's what Bar Kapara refers to. And therefore, to know Him in all your ways, Bechol derachecha da'ehu, even in the mundane, is found in this, in this, in this pasuk. And we learn this also in Perkei Avot, where Perkei Avot, uh, we, we are taught, V'chol ma'asecha yu l'shem shamayim. All your deeds should be for the sake of heaven. When a person eats, we mentioned this before in the past, he should be cognizant of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, and, and the wisdom in the creation of the food, and how it's done, how this fruit came about, how the food is being digested in my, in, in, in my insides, in my intestines, in my stomach which allows a person to benefit from the food. This is also recognizing HaKadosh Baruch Hu. V'chol ma'asei chayu l'Hashem Shamayim. Well, a person shouldn't live to eat, but eat to live. There was once a story of uh, Rebetzin Nechama Kuk, who was the grandmother of Rav Simcha Kuk, who was the Rav of Rechavot. And when she was older, she, uh, she became sick and weak. And so her family told her that the halacha states that when a person is to a point where they're, they're too sick and they, the eating is something that they have to do, they're not allowed to fast, the major fast, even Yom Kippur and uh, Tisha B'Av. So her family went up to her and said, listen, Safta, you're old, you're advanced in your years, you can, you can no longer uh, fast for Yom Kippur. She broke down and cried, tears, tears, crying. And her grandchildren told her, tried to comfort her and said, Zafta, you know, others people have a mitzvah to fast on Yom Kippur. You have a mitzvah to eat. You know, you don't feel bad about it. This is what Hashem wants from you right now, to try to comfort her. So Zafta looked at her grandchildren and told her, you don't understand why I'm crying. She said, all my life, I have been trained to eat for the sake of heaven. When I was a child, I ate so I could have strength to help my mother. When I got married, I ate so I could have strength to be a good wife to my husband and mother to my children. Now my husband is gone and my children are our grown up. What's the purpose of me eating for? So I consoled myself with the thought that I will eat during the year so that I'll have enough strength to fast on Yom Kippur. But now that I'm not able to fast on Yom Kippur, what purpose will there be for me eating year-round? And that's the reason why I cry. Incredible story. We see, Instead of resting just because you're tired and craving sleep, think about how the sleep will restore your energy for the important tasks of life. The pursuit of Torah and mitzvot, a healthy body, a fresh mind. Those are the tools that we need for a spiritual growth. Same thing when it comes to earning a living. It should never be uh, confused with amassing wealth. That is not the purpose. Never should be the purpose. 
A person's intention when earning a living is to support his family, to give tzedakah, to raise his children, and enable them to study Torah. A person who carefully weighs and considers each one of his actions carefully, trying to see and determine that whatever he does is going to be for the benefit of himself towards the service of God and Avodat Hashem, and, and, and uh, then you know that you're doing everything you could to serve him properly. The Hafez Chaim writes that a person infuses spirituality, um, a person who does so earns reward even for the time of his day where he is not necessarily involved in spiritual matters. So, I could be learning Torah for a few hours of the day, and I can be working the rest of the day. But if while I'm working, I'm doing it for a holy purpose, it's ke'ilu, I was studying the Torah the whole day. That's what the Chafetz Chaim says. A person can infuse holiness and spirituality into a workday simply by doing thing, something that L'Shem Shemayin, for the reason, for, for, for the pur- real purpose that it was for. And therefore, same thing when I'm eating, same thing when I'm drinking, all you lies is serve God. The Torah tells us, Vayitalech Chanoch et Elokim, that Chanoch walked with God. And the Midrash expounds that Chanoch was a cobbler. And with each stitch that he sewed, Meyached Yichudim Lekono, he was thinking profound thoughts of his Creator. Rabbi Sral Salanter great father of the Musar movement, he explains the words of the Midrash. He says, Chanoch surely wasn't occupied, his mind wasn't occupied with thoughts of HaKadosh Baruch Hu while he was doing his Avodah, while he was stitching uh, things for, for, for other people, so, sewing shoes. Um, you know, If he was to do so, it would go against Halakha. You know, that, that's not what you're being paid to do. I'm paying you to build a shoe. I want you to create for me a good shoe. You're now thinking of God while you're creating a shoe. You're actually not allowed to do so. You have to build me a proper shoe. Do something what you're paid for. Rather, says Rabbi Sal Salanter, that his devotion to HaKadosh Baruch Hu was indicated by making sure that every stitch in the shoe would be to the customer's satisfaction. If I can make him happy, that's all I care for. And that is enough to declare the Chanoch walked with God. He was zealous to avoid cheating customers, which is an act of devotion towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Uh, once, Rav Yechesko Levenstein was treated with great kindness by his doctor. And Rav Yechesko took the doctor's hand and advised him the following. He says, listen, doctor, when you practice medicine, don't only do it for mercenary reasons. When you treat your patients, have in mind that you're doing a chesed for them. Then the reward that you earn for the practice of medicine will be immeasurable. So we see that you could do mundane things. Be a doctor. Be a shoemaker, a cobbler. Anything. And have be mitalechi ma'elokim. Walk with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this is so even when a person, like I said, spends most of his day working and a few hours of Torah study, that yes, he will still have the ability to make those hours of work into something very, very holy. Um, 
I must say that uh, we have this opportunity, many of us that are in the workforce and spend many uh, spend much of our day eight to five, nine to five working. We have a tremendous opportunity when it comes to Shabbat to use those moments to make up for a lot of the limud, the learning of Torah that we may have missed throughout the week. Obviously, we each all have an obligation to study Torah a little bit in the morning and a little bit at night. But especially on Shabbat, the study of Torah, we prove to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we can use those free moments of learning because I have to earn a livelihood during the week. But come Shabbat and I don't earn a livelihood, Hashem, this is for you. Now, Vadai, we have a long afternoon, can spend an hour or two taking a nap, and of course, having the meal, that's all. That's also very holy. But to, to waste away a long summer afternoon of six hours without a little bit of spirituality, without a dosage of holiness, is a big chaval. And therefore, we need to push hard during those, during those hours on Shabbat to search for that spirituality and that holiness. So the Meiri says, And you love, you shall love Hashem with all your heart. The Chachamim Masechet Brachot says, Your heart, two, two bets in the word, uh, alludes to the two inclinations, the Yetzer HaTov and the Yetzer HaRa, that both must be, must be impressed into the service of God. Even the parts of life that are generally associated with the Yetzer with the evil inclination, they could be harnessed for the good by the intention of using them for Avat Hashem, for love of God. And Rabbeinu Yonah says that this Pasuk, Bechol Derachecha Da'ehu, is really a continuation of the previous one that we started with, Abitachon, Betachel Hashem. There are people who generally trust in God. Uh, they believe that everything is ordained by Him, and they don't rely on human strength or other people's intelligence. But again, this is only when it's matters of great concern. And they don't apply this bitahon, they don't apply this trust to the details of their day-to-day actions, to the small things. And therefore, the Pasuk here is telling us, Bechol derachecha da'ehu. In all your ways, you should know Hashem. In every detail of every action. For example, there are people that turn to God before a huge business deal or a dangerous undertaking. Okay, or again, a, a crucial business trip. But they don't think of Hashem in the small undertakings. Because the small undertakings, I know I'm going to succeed. No. Even if you're taking a drive 20 minutes away, you have to have your trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There won't be traffic. There won't be, God forbid, a, a, a traffic accident. You want to get there on time. You don't think of that. People have need to ask, oh, i got to travel around the world. i got to make sure everything works okay. But why not the 20-minute commute? Why not the 30-minute commute? Why is it any different? So, whether they're big or small, a person should um, make sure to have his trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And not only will your reward uh, be so grand, so amazing and tremendous, uh, you will also bring, it will also bring you success as well. The Pasuk ends. He will smooth your paths. And that is a reward coming for you. Your, your road to wherever you're going will be easy. And in some, Rabbeinu Yonam derives four teachings from this Pasuk. A, regarding all of life, life's paths, place your trust in God. B, 
Your goal should be to know, to serve, and to honor HaKadosh Baruch Hu by doing everything L'Shem Shamayim, as we said. Three, never let a pursuit of your Parnasah, livelihood, or any other worldly goal drown out the message that is found, the divine message that's all around you. And four, prior to any pursuit, make sure that it's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants, what's his wishes, his goals. And whatever you do, recognize, know him, his values and his priorities. And the Malbim writes on this and concludes that that is why there's a difference between the two wordings here. There's there's derachim, derachecha is your main highways, your derech, and then there's your orchot, which are your small paths. Those are the ones that branch out from him. The small paths of Torah are endless because they deal with so many details that would be impossible for a person to know how to react in every single way. So therefore, the, 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 the Pasuk instructs us, in all your ways know Him, in the general modes of behavior, such as humility, compassion, tzedakah, generosity, know Him and emulate your ways. And if you do so, then you'll merit, you'll merit siyata uh, dishmaya, divine assistance, so that even your past, even the particulars of your daily life will be straight and correct. If you follow the main road of tzedakah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will, will inform you and help you know when, how much, and whom to give. Continuing, Shlomo HaMelech in Pasuk Zayim. Al tehi chacham be'enecha. Yerait Hashem v'surmera. Do not be wise in your eyes. Fear Hashem and turn away from evil. Rabbeinu Yohas explains that once Hashem smooths your ways and grants you success and wealth, don't credit this good fortune because of your own wisdom, as the wealthy often do. Chacham be'enav ish ashir. A rich man is wise in his own eyes, Lama Melech says later on in this book. And we find this concept in a warning that the Torah gives in Sefer Devarim. Pentochal vesavata, lest you eat and be satisfied. Ve'amarta bilvavecha, you will say, you will say in your heart, Kochi ve'otzem yadi asali et It was my strength, it was my might, the might of my hand that made me all this wealth. Now we started off this this shiur by talking about having trust in God. Betach el Hashem becholi becha. Verse that was pasuk hey, pasuk hey is prescribing the approach before you take any action. Rather than relying on your own intelligence, turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for help. But this pasuk, Al-Tehi Chacham Be'enecha, is referring to a person's attitude after he completes his mission and after he's achieved success. Don't attribute the success to your own power. But rather realize that everything results only because Hakadosh Baruch Hu wanted it to be that way. Yera et Hashem mera. Fear Hashem and turn away from evil. This fear of God is linked to the bitachon, to the trust in God, which was the theme that we've been learning so far until now. A person can only attain fear by recognizing that everything is from Hashem. And he is constantly waiting and anticipating his siyata dishmaya, his help, and focusing all of his aspirations on him rather than human beings. Uh, in, in general, this this book 
Mishle deals with the improvement of character traits, called Tikkun Hamidot. But this chapter, as we've seen so far and will continue to see, talks about the fixing the Tikkun, the rectification of a person's thinking, not so much of his Midot. Tikkun Divrea Sechel, by developing trust in God rather than relying on human intelligence. Because if a person's intelligence, if his sechel is proper, he can go on and acquire proper character traits. If a person's intelligence is warped, then he won't have, he'll be deficient in his belief and trust in God. He will consider himself to be wise and know the know-it-all, and he'll refuse to accept any rebuke or instruction. So, if, the, if so, then how can he perfect his character? So first you have to perfect your sechel by knowing not to rely on your intelligence and to rely on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. According to the Metzudot, this pasuk of is an attitude towards the Gedarim. The Gedarim are the fences, the protective fences that the Chachamim gave us to prevent us from transgressing a Torah law, such as Mukseh, for example, is a very famous, um, a very famous example of a protective fence. Don't touch this, because you might do a biblical, you might transgress a biblical command. So the Chachamim are telling, Shlomo Melech is telling us here, don't be dismissive of these fences, uh, thinking that they're unnecessary. And a lot of people feel that way when it comes to these Gedarim. Ah, okay, no, the Torah only says I cannot uh, do this. But this is something that the rabbis made up. No, the fences are there for a reason. Fear God. That's why the Pasuk tells us, fear God. And realize that despite your wisdom, you might stumble. Shlomo HaMelech himself made a mistake by relying on his own wisdom. And assuming that his wisdom would protect him from going astray, he thought he wasn't bound by the prohibitions about the king having too many wives or too much wealth or too many horses. And what ended up happening? He married an Egyptian princess, Shlomo Amelech. So maybe this is where, it's, where he's coming from. Sur Merah, he's telling us, turn away from evil dis- by distancing yourself from the fences. You don't want to distance yourself from the fences. You want you want to accept those fences and say, yes, I'm going to follow it. And that is the meaning of Yerat Hashem v'sur mera. Moving on. Bifut tehi l'sharecha v'shikui l'atzmotecha. If you do so, it will be a health to your navel and marrow to your bones. Beautiful um, proverb here. And the Meiri explains that the navel represents the entire body because it is the conduit through which the fetus receives the nourishment. And like a mother who is nourishing her fetus, the Torah will also heal bad character traits and the faulty ideologies of those people who began to nourish themselves from things that, uh, that were imperfect. But after a person has attained perfection in Chochmah, he has to maintain it. And he has to maintain it through constant attachment to the Torah. And just as human bones need marrow to strengthen them, so to a person's level of perfection needs constant reinforcement from its life force. Marrow to your bones. The Torah's chokhmah is foreign to man's desire. So a person uh, might feel that it dictates, um, for example, restrictions on food 
which would have detrimental effect on our body, on our health. And truth, these restrictions on the on our on our physical desires are for our benefit. It strengthens uh, our bones. It doesn't weaken them. Chas as in the case if a person was to indulge in worldly pleasures and drink so much and eat so much, that actually does weaken an individual. It was said about Rabbi Cheskel Levinson, who we mentioned earlier in the Shi'ur, that he had such a devotion for prayer throughout the year, especially during Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and that even when he was in his uh, late 80s, he was a thin, frail man, and he would stand motionless during the Amidah of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and focus his entire being on the words of the Sidur. They say about him that on Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur by the time he would finish Shachrit Amidah, the congregation would already be at Musaf Amidah. And his Musaf Amidah would extend until Minha. So we see elderly, frail, thin man remain on his feet almost the entire day. So I ask you, what gives you the strength? The Torah gives you the strength. The Tefillah gives you the strength. Kabed et Hashem et mehonecha umereshit kol tevuatecha. Honor Hashem with your wealth and with the first of all your produce. This is Shlomo Amelach's advice to recognize that all your success is from God and by honoring Him from your wealth and your first of your produce, you're displaying that. When a person uses his wealth for mitzvot and for charity, he demonstrates his bitachon, which is, again, the theme of today's shiur. And the person from these pesukim will learn to trust God, that God will bless him with generosity, Will God will bless him with abundance because of his generosity. It will cause his possessions to increase as a result. And the more one depletes, the more Hashem increases. As the uh, Jerusalem proverb writes, Melach mamon cheser, to salt money, diminish it. What does that mean? The way to preserve money, like salt preserves meat, the way to preserve money is diminish it. How do you diminish it? You give tzedakah. The more tzedakah a person gives, the more money is preserved for him. And this can be compared again to a nursing mother. As long as the infant nurses from the mother, the milk increases. But once he is weaned, then her milk dries dries up. There was a story of um, along the steam of Rav Levi told a man who was always, you know, uh, meticulous to separate his maaser, his ties properly, and his field produced. 1,000 measures of whatever he was planting, and he would give all of his tithes to support um, to support the needy and uh, those who weren't well off, and the remainder he would give to his family. Before his death, he would he instructed his son to continue exactly what he was doing to ensure that he would uh, he would be okay. The first year after his father's death, the son did so. But the second year, he regretted giving so much of the crop, so he decreased the measure by a uh, hundred. Um, so a hundred, a hundred out of a thousand. So every hundred, he decreased it by ten. Uh, the field, as a result, in turn, 
reduced its yield by 100 measures. And each successive year, its produce, the the field reduced what it produced proportionally because he kept on decreasing. He goes, oh, if if I have less uh, uh, production, that means I need to give less charity. He didn't understand. His friends and his relatives said, I don't get it. Until now, you were the master of the field and God was like the Kohen. Now, you have become the Kohen. You're only left with the small percentage and God is the master of the field. Basically, tell him, you, you missed it. You didn't understand what your father was trying to tell you. You could have been the master of your field. Just got to give God a little bit. 10%, that's it. But the moment you start decreasing that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes, takes it all back. As we know. Tithe so that you should become wealthy as it brought down Masechet Shabbat. Honor Hashem with your wealth. Rashi says, With whatever He favored you. Also could be translated as as your throat, meaning if you have a pleasant voice, you should use that to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well. When a person uses his voice, his intention needs to be L'Shem Shamayim, not to show off, God forbid, or to be admired, or to act haughty or arrogant, because then his voice is despised by God. You know, we see in Sefer Melachim, the severity of one not using his voice to honor Hashem. There was a story of Navot, and his kerem, the famous vineyard of Navot, when he made the pilgrimage to Yerushalayim, all of Israel would gather to hear the voice of Navot. His sweet voice, he had a beautiful voice, and he would sing all the holidays. One year, this man Navot decided not to go to Yerushalayim. And that year that he decided not to go was the year that Queen Jezebel yeah, uh, uh, was one of the worst queens to, to live. That was the year that she plotted to get the vineyard of Navot and plotted with her husband Ahav, Ahav and Izevel, Jezebel, uh, to get the, the vineyard from him, this famous vineyard. And she hired witnesses to testify against Navot and had him executed. And although Izevel's intention was to have Ahav gain just a vineyard, not to kill him. But the tragedy was called by who? It was caused because Navot refused to go to grace God during the Hagim. And since he did not use his voice properly and positively, therefore the voice of false testimony by those fake witnesses was put into effect against him. Others want to say that this teaches us the importance of um, honoring one's parents. We see, you know, because we have the same commandment it, uh, here, kabed et Hashem mehonecha, honor Hashem with your wealth, and that we use the same lashon with regards to our parents, kabed et avicha vetimecha. So it's fitting that all three, God, Father, and Mother, who are the partners in creation, we have three partners in creation, that we give them the proper respect. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives even greater importance to honoring our parents than honoring himself. How do we know that? In speaking of his own honor, it says, Kabed Hashem Mehonecha, with your wealth. Poverty 
frees a person from many, many mitzvah obligations. Uh, uh, some mitzvot a poor person is still obligated to do, but there are mitzvot that a person is exempt if he's, if he's destitute. But the Torah states nothing about wealth in connection with the commandment of honoring one's parents. It doesn't happen. Whether you're poor or you're wealthy, you still have a commandment to honor your parents. But if you're poor, then there are certain mitzvot you don't have to do, and therefore thereby not honoring God by performing those mitzvot. So even the poor and the destitute are obligated to perform this mitzvah. And last but not least, the final pasuk we're going to learn today, Then your storehouses will be filled with plenty, and the wine of your vats will burst forth. Not only will you lack anything, will you not lack anything, sorry, because of your charity, but your produce will be blessed and increased. So will the wine in your vats. The Torah prohibits the idea of testing God. A person is not allowed to test God, ever. Lo tenasu et Hashem. You shall not test God. The Jewish people have no right to doubt Hashem and what He does. A person may not say, I'm going to perform this mitzvah in order that I succeed financially. Because I'm going to go see if God is going to give me what I want because I am, uh, I'm performing this mitzvah, because I'm honoring my parents, or because I am uh, refraining from speaking Lashon Hara. However, there is one time that our rabbis tell us, there is one exception to this prohibition with regarding the giving of tzedakah, the giving of tithes, ma'asir. Haviu et kol ma'asir uvchanuni nabazot. In Sefer Malachi says, bring me all the tithes and test me on this and see if I don't shower you with blessing. And Pesukim, Tet and Yud, this concept of honoring Hashem with your wealth, with all the first of your produce, and then all your storehouses will be filled with plenty and the wine of your vats will birth forth. This is the permissible test. This is this test that we are allowed to do. We're telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm testing you. Here is, I'm honoring you with my tzedakah. Let's see. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu in return, Shlomo HaMelech is saying, will fill your storehouses with plenty. This is the outcome that a person will get for one who gives tzedakah property. A person who dedicates one's wealth into God, in God's honor, this person will be rewarded with full storehouses and bursting vats. And Bezat Hashem, next week we will continue in Shlomo HaMelech's Tremendous work here in Peregimel. Wishing you all a wonderful night ahead. Be well.